Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, we have a returning guest today, um, very popular within the industry. You will know him as the UK's number one leading prep coach, is the one and the only Rob Whitfield. How are we doing, buddy? Yeah, very, very well, mate. Yourself? I'm doing very well. It's been a long-ass day, a long-ass month, I think, for myself and, and you. Um, but listen, mate, thank you for coming back on. I know you're a busy man. I know that everyone is excited to hear from you again, but... There's some new fo- some new listeners, some new followers um, that are maybe thinking, Vaughn, you're 40 episodes in, there's no way I'm going back to episode <laughs> number two that Rob is there. So for those of you that, that don't know Rob, can you give them a little explanation, brief history of you know, bodybuilding, your coaching, um, you know, your supplement company, and like a reintroduction of yourself? Sure, sure, of course. So I, I no longer call myself the, the number one prep coach in the UK because a lot of people were getting offended by it. And a lot of actually the people who I like were getting offended by it. So... I actually pulled that back a little bit, and I, and I I say one of the most successful prep coaches in the UK. But um, but no, it, it, it's a great privilege to be involved in in that sort of top tier, which is great. Um, which you know, as I said to you previously, Vaughan, I can see you get into that top tier very very soon as well. So thanks, yeah, so it's um, yeah. So thanks ever so much for the kind introduction. Um, I sort of began bodybuilding before bodybuilding was cool um, in like 2011, 2012, when there was no bikini classes, no men's physique classes, and people won't remember that sort sort of thing because it's almost a decade ago now. Um, uh, I began as a classic bodybuilder, worked my way up to super heavyweight, um, done reasonably well as a bodybuilder, um, then sort of lost the love for bodybuilding in terms of I lost the love for competing. Um, because I, I found a new passion which was involved in coaching um, and I've been privileged enough to coach now 13 uh, IFBB pros. Um, I've been privileged enough to prep somebody for the Olympia um, and uh, multiple top five um, like pro league finishes as well. So, so yeah, I've, I've been privileged enough to help some very, very, very good people um, and we just sort of try and go from strength to strength with that. Um, in terms of the supplements, um, I know we'll touch upon it maybe a little bit later, but um, I just saw a massive need for high-quality supplements at reasonable prices. Um, like there was always the cheap, crappy supplements, and there was always the real extreme high-price supplements, but I certainly thought there was a need for something in the middle, and I think that's what Complete Strength has done and met, is that very, very high-quality products at a medium sort of price. And we're six months in now to complete strength, maybe even a little bit more, and I think it's already going to be recognised as one of the best UK brands. So it's um, it's ticking all the boxes in terms of um, what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve. So, And then obviously we have the gym as well. We own LRF Gym, um, which is a big old gym, 13,500 square feet, just shy of 700 members. Um, and that was sort of built from scratch in an area which I was not very well known in. Um, I actually moved from a di- moved to a different county. Um, I'm born and bred in London, then moved to Essex, and then I moved to Kent to actually open this gym. Um, and I started it from scratch. Um, from from an old snooker hall, we converted it from a really run-down old snooker hall um, to a gym, um, and it's now recognised as one of the best gyms in the South East. So we have people travel from all over to come to uh, LRF Gym. Um, and, and I do think it's one of the best training facilities in the country, and uh, definitely within sort of like the top ten training facilities in the country. Um, so that's a sort of brief brief history on me, bodybuilding, and coaching and business. Yeah, and I think that for anyone that maybe perhaps doesn't know Rob, he's probably one of the most humble guys that I know, and at times may come across as what some may say is arrogant, but in my eyes, just fucking confident in what you do. You're a man that owns 
three runs three businesses very successfully, um, whilst producing a top quality service and not sort of giving any one of them uh, less of a service than others. And I think that just shows the type of person that you are, man. You know, you 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 were up at working at six a.m. This is now seven at night, and he's on a podcast, and you came on the Zoom call at seven. You know, efficient is certainly the word. And mate, hundred percent, I would agree with you. Like, complete strength came. You know. One day, I, I I didn't know who you guys were. The next day, everyone was taking the supplements, the pre-workout, this, that, next thing. And it was always about, wow, this fucking pre is really good. Or, fuck, have you tried that way? It actually tastes really good. And I think you're so right, uh, is that a lot of companies will often, I'm not going to say rip people off, but they do. And they get away with it because it's a name. It's like, oh, well, fuck, you know, that's my coach. They're affiliated with that. They took this, they told me to take this, so I'm going to do it. So the fact that you've, like, your guys' mission statement on your website is by athletes for athletes and I think that shows like in everything that you do you come across on your social media and whatnot that you are all about just giving value and, and you are such a humble guy so just some nice words for me because I'm grateful that you're coming on the podcast now what we should do is maybe perhaps touch on the current scenario at the moment because off podcast we both said <laughs> this has probably been one of the busiest months uh, for either one of us ever. So, I mean, let's talk about athletes and, and just maybe perhaps what your strategy has been during this lockdown. Because you work with many clients. And those of you who don't know, Rob is a very successful prep coach. Many clients, as he said, all over, all over the world, really. What should have been your strategy with those that had shows set to compete here soon, four weeks out, five weeks out, ten weeks out? What have you done with so, them? So, so what, we've, what I've done with everybody is I've actually reversed that idea reverse dieted everyone. So everyone who was close to a show, whether they were two weeks out, three weeks out, because they actually only cancelled the last show five days out. Like the two bros show was actually only cancelled five days out. The first time a show was cancelled two weeks out. And and that they were very, very busy shows for us. You know, I saw you at the first show of the year. We had five athletes there that were all carrying on to the next show. And then we had a very, very big uh, batch of people who were doing the PCA first timers show, um, and everybody, okay, everybody, I said this will not be over in two or three weeks. And I know a lot of people thought this would be a very short thing, and it might be over in three, maybe four or five weeks. And I had a conversation uh, with a girl today who actually works at DW, um, one of the flagship DWs, and she said I was exactly the same. I thought it'd be over in three or four weeks, um, so I sort of didn't worry about buying any equipment, didn't worrying, didn't worry about carry on with my coach, and. And she sort of fell off the bandwagon a little bit. Um, and I've, I spoke to her today. We've, we've got her back on plan. Um, but I could see, because I, I did follow the news quite closely and I was giving my clients daily updates, that this wasn't going to be something short. So from the cancellation of the shows, everybody went into a reverse dieting phase. Um, and I know, again, this is a hot topic at the moment about reverse dieting and how many calories you should be eating and what should you be doing on your reverse diet and stuff like that. Because when something's fresh in people's mind, it is very prominent and people will think right what what should i be doing like i've got one coach saying this one coach saying that one coach saying this one coach saying that and all of a sudden you've got conflicting information um and what i did with pretty much all of my clients is i said right i want you to take a couple of days off so anybody who'd been on a hard dieting phase and we're all on hard dieting phases at like five weeks out no matter what you're doing if you're not feeling shit at five weeks out you're probably not doing it right so <laughs> yeah. like I took everybody and said, right, I want you all to have two or three days off. And on those two or three days, what I'm going to do is I'm going to arrange a call with you. We're going to talk through this. We're going to get you a workout plan. We're going to, I'm going to tell you what you need in terms of equipment. 
and we're going to start planning the reverse dieting phase. And I did that across the board with absolutely every single client. And at the time, it was probably 85, 86 clients that I did that with. So I did a phone call with everybody. I did Zoom calls with everybody. And I was what I was also doing is I was propping my phone up of a night and going over the government speech in terms of practicality. So when the government said, right, lockdown is going to happen now and gyms are closing, I actually said, right, well, this means that you now need to get home equipment. This now means that you're going to have to, you're going to save yourself probably two to three hours a day. So what should you do now in those two to three hours? You should maybe look at reading a book, look at educating yourself further, look at buying equipment. Um, and then obviously then when full lockdown came in, again, I would do a video and say, right, now this means that you're going to stay at home. So now what we need to do is we need to take away your treadmill cardio or your Stairmaster cardio, and we need to translate that into steps because the government is allowing us to go out one hour a day. So we need to tra translate that into steps. So I was just trying to give practical information to all my clients that could actually help them because a lot of the government spiel is a little bit confusing. Um, yeah. and, and it can be sort of like, oh, shit, what does that actually mean to my life? Like, I'm... Am I going to be able to go for a walk? Can I train in the park? Can I? What can I actually do? So I was trying to translate it into layman's terms so everybody could understand that all the clients just felt comfortable. Um, because in moments of uncertainty, stress will go through the roof, cortisol levels will rise massively, and everything that you might have worked for over the last few weeks might be lost in three or four days. So it was important for me to let everybody know what they were doing and everybody could understand what they were doing and had a foolproof plan in place that they could fully understand. And that is the, um, the sort of um, thought process that I had across the board. And that is sort of how I rolled it out with everybody. Um, and now we're, what are we, in week six now? Week five, week yeah. six? Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and like I said to you earlier, I've, we've actually gained clients during this period of time. Um, and each one of them has been set up on a very, very specific plan um, in terms of mi almost micromanaging everything at this stage. Um, Whereas maybe as a prep coach before, you maybe you didn't micromanage as closely, like you, you didn't micromanage in terms of right, exercises, rep range, execution. Um, and, and maybe that's a failing on our part. And, and I think I've also taken some real positives out of this as well. Um, because now I know how deeply I can scrutinize a plan and make sure that it's absolutely on point. Um, so that's one of the one of the things that we've gained out of this as well. I think is that we can really scrutinise a plan and make sure that we are micromanaging every part of the plan. Because I, I I think all across the board, no prep coach micromanages as much as what they are now. Um, and I think that's a, a big a big difference for us as well in the game. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I like the fact that you said it was a learning curve because I think that if we can't learn over a time like this, then we're not moving forward right or, or even in general right and for me it was I never really focused on tempo a lot with clients I was just more so like right very detailed with our plan right now but then when I would analyze their videos um, I wasn't really honing in on it until now I've updated every client's plan with tempo and now I'm like that's shit that's crap no that's how we need to move so we do a video on okay this is tempo and I'm, I'm in my living room Rona's got a squat bar and we're we're going through it and it's made me realise why the fuck was I not doing that before? Because at the time, you know, you weren't changing a programme every other week because someone's then got, Vaughn, now I've got dumbbells. Vaughn, now I've got a foam roller. Now I've got this. Whereas before it was like, right, we stick with that plan and we just micromanage how the physique looks. We play about with food. We get a different look and it gets all a bit exciting the leaner someone gets. So, dude, the fact that you were doing that 
on top of 85 calls, on top of launching some new products for your business, obviously speaking to all your gym members, and I know that on that call, Mark Cole, you said you phoned every sort of gym member as well. I know you've got over 600, 700 members. That's almost 800 calls in one month. That's an insane work rate, dude. And the that, fact that, that, that not all the gym calls were myself. So obviously at the, at the, at the gym, we do have a, we have six members of staff, okay. um, but everybody was communicated to in one way, shape or form. Um, so, so yeah, it, it was, like I said to you, like off camera and off call, like this, this month has been manic and I mean real manic, but it's been manic in, in a good way as well, because as I said to you, like, I've, I've, we, I now have a Zoom call every single night with a set of clients. Like on a Monday, I do a bikini Zoom call. On a Tuesday, I do a figure Zoom call. On a Wednesday, I arrange a podcast. On a Thursday, I do a male-only Zoom call. And on a Friday, I do a Zoom call open to all clients, um, which which allows people then to get their feelings out a little bit. Because And the reason we separate is because each category will have different problems. Uh, like obviously males might be, you know, I know we speak about it on this on this podcast, males might be, I don't know what to do with my, my pets, I don't know what to do with my testosterone, I don't know what to do with this, I don't know what to do with that. Should I come off cycle while while the while I'm not lifting properly? Should I come off cycle while I'm only using bands? Um, where where a, a bikini girl might be asking, um, uh, is there anybody doing cheap bikini posing at this stage? Because I know at the moment, I, like people are doing reduced rates, where again, figure girls might be asking, right, I can't train uh, my shoulders as effectively as I need to. So what exercises would you girls recommend or what exercises have you run? Or Rob's giving me a banded lateral, but I can't quite feel it. Like, what are you girls doing? And they just talk between themselves, which is really cool. And all literally I just do is I sit back and I just listen. And if they ask any questions about, like yesterday, one of the girls pulled up a question about her hormones. Um, she was like, you know, I'm massively stressed at this stage. You know, I've been made redundant, which is happening all, you know, all over the country. I've been made redundant. My husband is furloughed. So that means a lot of money we've lost. Um, I'm really stressed. I've not seen a regular monthly cycle. Um, you know, Rob, do, do, do you have any answers? And obviously the answer would be that stress is through the roof. Um, so that's going to be one of the main reasons that she's not had a monthly cycle. But I just sit back and let the girls talk between themselves. But it's my job as a coach, obviously, to arrange that and almost mediate it um, and make sure that everybody is happy. And if they do have any questions, that they can ask me. Um, but again, that was something that I wasn't doing prior to this. I think any coach would be lying if they said that this didn't highlight some flaws in their performance. Um, okay. and, and that's me being open and honest. Um, and, and as I said, I wasn't micromanaging plans like I am now. Like you say, like a client will pull you up and say, I've managed to get a 20 kilo plate. What can I do with it? And that means you have to rejig that workout a little bit. Whereas before, if someone, you know, that would never be a conversation that you had because yeah. people would be going to the gym. Um, so maybe, like maybe once every three months, someone would call me up and say, Rob, my gym's got a new lateral race. How can I fit it into my plan? But at the moment, it's happening sort of every three or four days, as you say, and then you have to rejig plans and, yeah. and micromanage plans like that. So it's, um, yeah, it's been an interesting time. Let's put it that way. It's, it's interesting you say that about the females losing their cycle. So many female clients late, skipping it, or it's coming early. So... I always put that down to a change of environment, change of stress. Even if it wasn't that stressful and they were both sort of chilling at home and it was fine, I was like, environment's still completely different. So good to see that the trend across the board is, well, I'm not saying it's good, but it's yeah. interesting to see that the trend's quite there. And, and I guess this probably leads me to my next question is, do you feel that this sort of time period where 
gyms will be closed and whatnot. Do you think it's going to change the industry or do you see it kind of that old way that we change for a bit and then we just go back to living like we did? Do you think that you'll see more people training from home, creating home gyms or do you think things will go back to the norm? I think things will eventually go back to the norm um, because we are all creatures of habit at the end of the day. Um, and, and I know there are some people who are actively trying to change their habits at the moment. Uh, in, like I've never seen so many people walk. I've never seen so many people run. Um, I've never seen so many people out and about, um, obviously with reason, um, but I've never seen so many people actually get up and say, right, it's time to go for a walk. When normally those people would drive to the station, get on a train, sit at a desk all day, go home, have their dinner, go to bed. But those people are now actually getting up, going out and actively going for walks and trying to burn calories and, and starting to think a little bit more about their health, which is a great thing. Um, I, I don't see many people uh, making home gyms work um, just because of the simple fact they haven't got space, uh, they haven't got the, the range of equipment that a, a gym would have. Um, but I, I, again, I had this conversation with somebody the other day um, one of the guys who is actually going to come on your podcast um, and um, I said to him I think there'll be a natural clearing in the industry of people who don't actually care that much um, because it it's hard to do a home workout like I, I have openly said to my clients you are far better than me because if I didn't have my gym I wouldn't be training right now because I simply don't have the motivation and the drive to get a band and get a dumbbell. Like when I go in, I, I want to go in. Like I want to train hard and I'm an all or nothing person. And I absolutely know 200% in my heart that if I didn't have my gym, I wouldn't be training right now. Um, but I'm lucky enough to still still have access to the gym. But I think there'll be a natural clearing of people who don't really care that much, who kind of just like the idea of getting in shape or kind of also just like the idea of coaching because like, like we said earlier in this podcast, that most coaches are actually stepping up their game, where I think if you don't really care about coaching, you'll just be blasé about it, and soon there'll be a natural clearing of coaches as well, because people will see that other coaches are going the extra mile, where their coach isn't really changing anything. Um, and that will obviously then lead to people leaving those coaches and going elsewhere. So there'll be a natural clearance of, in my opinion, shit coaches, and there'll also be a natural clearance of, um, people who don't really care about it, they just sort of do it for the gram or they just sort of do it because they think they should be doing it. And, and I think, like, I love that you've said that because I had the same conversation with a couple of my coaches last week is that, remember back in the day when the gyms were open, I'm saying back in the day, right, six weeks ago, <laughs> you would see a lot of coaches out there that perhaps, and I don't bash on anyone's name, but a lot of coaches out there are busy because of how they look. Mm. But when you saw the value of the, the lack of they were providing on Instagram, it was just photos of them with their top off and they got followed because they, the followers liked them with their top off. I mean, I think you're going to see that kind of coach, as you've said, deteriorate. And maybe maybe the one guy who's only got a few hundred followers, but he's given out free programs, he's given out you know, tutorials and this and the next thing, will we'll benefit from this. Uh, and I hope they do because the little guy that's adding value deserves kind of a little bit of a, of a bump. But... What I would say, and this was one of the main reasons of the, the podcast before, so you may like to talk, and, and maybe I've not got to the, to the right questions, but what I want to do is talk a little bit about supplements today in podcast, and it's not something that I have talked about uh, as a topic in the 40, this is episode number 41, I think it will be. Um, so what I want to do is, before we kind of went into is, could you tell us just like, you know, what is Complete Strength's mission, a mission statement, and you know, what sort of vision do you have for your company? You, you touched on it earlier, but... 
what, what what vision do you have? Do you have a, a case of you want to own a certain part of the industry, the UK, the world? What, what what's it all about for you? Sure. So when I actually when I first thought about complete strength, all I wanted to make was a pre workout uh, because I'm not. I'm not particularly hot on supplements in terms of I don't use that many myself. Um, and again, that's coming from someone who owns a supplement company. When I was bodybuilding seriously, like my cupboard was stacked of supplements. But because I've taken a back seat away from bodybuilding, I wasn't really particularly on supplements and, and I didn't use supplements. I would use a basic, like, um, like a basic multivitamin, a pre-workout, a protein, um, a creatine or something like that. So maybe that was like the maximum that I would use in terms of supplements. So the the idea of complete strength actually came around about 12 months ago, but the first product, because products take time to make, um, it go through trial and trial and trial. And the first product actually only came out six months ago. So it took sort of six months of work to get this, this to get this pre-workout. Um, and the first pre-workout we launched was very different to what it is now. Um, I, I actually got stitched up a little bit by, by a company uh, when I was first making this pre-workout. Um, and the old tub was very, um, it, it wasn't like, if you look at the pre now, it's very rigid, very strict, like the, the angles on the, the, the pre are very sharp. Like this was a very curvy, like sort of funky looking pre-workout, very similar to like the Ghost model, if anybody knows the Ghost supplements. Um, and, and they stitched me up on a couple of ingredients. So I, I researched the ingredients for months and months and months, and I was like, well, I want to use patented ingredients. Um, and for those who don't know what patented ingredients are, they are, how, how can I describe it? Like special ingredients that do special things to your body, which cost a hell of a lot uh, because they are patented. So one of the ingredients I wanted to use, for example, was glycoside, um, which is a form of glycerol monostrate. So um, glycerol, if you don't know, is one of the ingredients that help drive water into the muscle, uh, which helps them get you a nice big full pump. Um, and and glycoside was the is the best form of it possible. Um, so I said, I want to use glycoside to, to this company. And then the company gave me glycerol, which is, which is still a good supplement, but it's a very, very cheap, like almost watered down version. And I had 300 um, of these one flavor made. Um, obviously, I went through the trials. They, they ticked all the boxes for me. They said, yeah, this is glycoside. Uh, another ingredient was um, astrogen, uh, which they didn't put in it either. Um, so estrogen is an absorption ingredient, uh, which helps the absorption of other nutrients. Um, so I was like, right, I definitely want those two ingredients in my in my pre, uh, because we've got loads and loads of good things. We've got loads of citrulline. We've got loads of creatine. We've got loads of betaine, like the standard sort of ingredients in, in a pre. Um, and then I just wanted something to make those ingredients actually even better, which would be the estrogen to help absorb them. When I got the product produced, it wasn't the right product. Like I used it and I was like, oh, this is good, but not that good. Like, like I've used better products in the past. Um, so I was like, this ain't good enough. So I sent it back and I got a full refund actually. And then I went to another manufacturer that, that was a, a more reputable manufacturer. Um, like the, the, the first company that I used was, was a local company because um, I do like to support local businesses. Like uh, we have massive, massive discounts for people who are on our industrial part for membership. Um, and there was a company in Ashford, I, I won't name them, um, but they're quite a big manufacturer. I said to them, this is the product I want. I want you guys to make it because you're 10 minutes away from me and I want to support you guys and support the local industry. They were like, fine. And obviously they messed it up. So I went to a, a big manufacturer in Manchester in the end that, that made it. Um, but sorry, yeah, so to go, to go back to your question, I only planned to make a pre-workout because it was one of the supplements that I used every day. 
when I when I made this pre workout, I was like, man, this is really good. Like when I actually got the got the right product, I was like, man, this is really good. This is really good. And and I made 125 of three different flavors, so I made 375, and they sold out in five weeks. Uh, and I was like, man, this is you know, this this is a business now. This is a business, and 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 I've always got a business thinking brain. And I was like, this is a business. Like, and and people would say, when you're going to bring out another product? When you're going to bring out another product? And I had no no intentions of bringing out another product. I was like, oh, well, I'll just see how the pre workout goes. And almost almost like I actually started my coaching career. Like, yeah. people would be, can you help me? Can you help me? And I'd be like, well, you know, I'm only just doing this for like for my mates. But yeah, I can help you. Um, and same same almost the same as my bodybuilding career. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to do one show, and then I end up doing you know six or seven shows. So. Um, yeah, so very, very much the same in that respect. But then we brought out a protein, and, and I was like, man, isolates are so overpriced. You know, I'm, I'm buying a two kilo isolate for fifty pounds. Yeah. Um, and then, and then when I went and got some quotes for actually to see how much they were, I was like, man, it, I'm only buying three hundred tubs. I know you guys are buying three thousand tubs, so you're going to be getting it a hell of a lot cheaper than me. But your margins are through the roof. Like, and I was like, that's that's ripping off the the consumer. And, and again, because I did compete and because I've been involved in the industry a long time, I know how much we spend on the industry without even considering supplements. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show people that we can produce very, very high quality supplements at a reasonable price. And in terms of our mission statement, it is created by athletes for athletes. And we want to bring you the highest quality products at affordable prices. And that is exactly what Complete Strength represents. I absolutely love that, dude. The fact that I didn't actually... I, I followed you for a long time and I remember watching when you were tasting the, the new products and stuff like that, but I didn't realise that it was only six months. And to see how much you guys have grown and the impact you've made on the industry in six months is unbelievable. Uh, but again, that just stems from your work rate. You're just one of the most relentless fucking worker workhorses I've ever seen. Um, but... I guess there's probably some listeners out there that they take these supplements and they probably don't really know what they're looking for. They're thinking, okay, that that's called a certain name and they're affiliated with that athlete. That must be good. I'm just going to do it. And it gets me buzzing. So hey, let's take the pre-workout because we know that not too long ago you launched a, a new sort of version. So some listeners are thinking, right, pre-workout, that's just, it's got to get me totally buzzed and it's got to get me fucking wired. But I guess, could you tell the listeners, you know what, like, what sort of different pre-workouts they are, what should it do, maybe what perhaps we shouldn't do as bodybuilders sometimes. Um, for those that are kind of like, well, I've never really known about that, um, it may be a good, good idea for you to touch on it. Sure thing, sure thing. So in terms of a pre-workout, people think the emphasis of a pre-workout is what you say, just get you off your tits. You, do want, to, you want to be scratching your face off, you want to be buzzing, um, but that's not what a pre-workout the purpose of it is for the pre the purpose of a pre workout is to allow you to focus one and two to increase blood flow. Um, so increasing blood flow will mean getting better pumps, um, and better pumps will often lead to um, more muscle growth. Um, it's one of the factors of muscle growth. So if we can fill up that muscle with blood, then that's great. Then, then we're serving one of our purposes of a pre workout, and one of the best ingredients for that is citrulline. So citrulline converts to arginine in the body, which converts to nitric oxide. So nitric oxide will then help transport nutrients and everything into the muscle. Um, so one of the best things that you can use is when you do look at your pre-workout to make sure that it's got citrulline in. And don't get that confused with citrulline malate. Um, they are similar. Um, obviously, they both have citrulline in. 
Um, but the way citrulline malate works is it's citrulline malate will generally be one gram of citrulline and one gram of malic acid. So per two grams of citrulline malate, you're only getting one gram of citrulline. So when you see products that might say six grams of citrulline malate, you're getting three grams of citrulline and three grams of malic acid. And malic acid does have its own benefits, but nowhere near as many benefits as citrulline. So when you're seeing a product that might have only four grams of citrulline, that would be the equivalent to eight grams of citrulline malate. So this is where companies sort of hide, and I don't say that they cut corners, uh, because citrulline malate does still have its benefits, but it's just not as good an ingredient as citrulline. It's like if you're driving to a location, a Skoda will get to will get you to that location, but also a Ferrari will as well. Yeah. So you're still getting to the location, but one of them is a little bit more fancy, a little bit more efficient, um, and might get you there a little bit quicker. Um, so citrulline is certainly one of the ingredients that, that I like to look at in, an in, in a pre-workout. Um, you then have like performance ingredients, so things like creatine monohydrate. Um, and again, creatine's got such a bad rep in the industry, like makes you hold water, you know, da 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 the, the majority of water that you do hold within creatine is intramuscular, so it's inside the muscle, again, which will help with pumps, cell swelling, and those are a, a very good anabolic effects that you can have as well. Um, so creatine is one of the ingredients that we are used to in a half grams per serving, which is should be enough to saturate most people. Uh, bigger guys, they might need to take one and a half scoops. Um, your thing's got that betaine, beta-alanine. Um, so uh, beta-alanine is your lactic acid buffer, which also gives you that scratchy face. Um, but the purpose of that is it helps it is a lactic acid buffer so it helps prevent the build up of lactic acid therefore or almost helps the clearance of lactic acid therefore you'll get uh, you might be able to perform a couple more reps before you get that burn and, and that horrible feeling that oh I've got I've got that burn now I've got that feeling where I've got to stop might be able to get a couple more reps out there um, we then go with things uh, things like the glycoside uh, which is the the, the patented form of glycerol, um, which will again help with your pumps and your cell swelling. Um, we then look at uh, some mental aspects, like, like I said to you, that focus, that switch on, uh, that sometimes you don't get. So things like tyrosine will help you with that. So um, tyrosine is, is a, a form of amino acid and taurine is a form of amino acid as well, which will help that neurological pathway, so help your brain switch on um, to the training system as well. Again, it's not mandatory that you have that in a pre-workout, but it's nice to have it in a pre-workout. Um, and then you get to caffeine. Um, and this is probably where people differ the most, I think, with, is with caffeine, is because some people, they call them stim junkies, like they like big, heavy stims, like they like four or 500 milligrams of caffeine. I'm certainly not one of them people, okay? So that's why per scoop, we only have 250 milligrams of caffeine. And don't get me wrong, that's still a, an adequate amount of caffeine to get you going in terms of pick you up and you can feel like you've had something but it's not enough to get you like off your tits. Um, and, and if you do like that feeling, then I would probably say complete strength isn't for you. Um, because by the time you double up on your scoop, you're going to have 10 grams of citrulline, you're going to have five grams of creatine, you're going to have uh, five grams five grams of glycoside. And for somebody who is just taking a pre-workout to get off their head, um, it, it, it's not the right product for you. Um, but then you have people who are, are not particularly good with caffeine um, or train late at night. Um, and that's where we brought out a product called Pump, which is still a pre-workout product, but it's got zero caffeine in. 
Um, so pre-workouts, again, remember the, the, the goal of it is for blood flow um, and for help and to help you have a better workout, not to get you off your tits. So that's where like a stim-free pre-workout comes in. Um, that, that's sort of some of the ingredients that you should look for. I would always look for a citrulline or a citrulline malate. Um, I'd always look for some performance ingredients, whether they're creatine, betaine, beta-alanine, um, and then some pump ingredients like glycoside. Um, and then as I said, if you do like um, if you do like caffeine, then just have a look for that caffeine content. If you are sort of what we say stim junkie, then sort of you want to be looking at 400 milligrams, 450, 500. Um, if you're somebody who is low calorie, uh, low tolerance caffeine, uh, you want to be looking around about 150, 250. Or if you're somebody who trains late at night, maybe look for a, a stim free product um, like a pump product. Yeah, I mean, I think that's above and beyond really like a, a fantastic explanation of of what to look for because I know that unless you're into your physiology or your science, you don't really care. Not not you, like customers out there, they just want a specific, as you said, some of them want to be buzzing their tits off, some want incredible pumps and they don't look at the back. And when they do, it probably looks like hieroglyphics. It looks yeah. like a foreign language. And like you've probably had umpteen questions of, what should I look for? What's in this? What's in that? And it might have spurred you on to then generate the pre-workout saying, listen, just fucking look for these and it's pretty damn good, yeah. right? Which which is class. But you literally answer, I was going to say to you, but what about people that train at night? And you literally answer that question straight there, which is ultimately go for something non-stim based. Like I think you put this on your Instagram story that, and this is a common thing with us bodybuilders is that, we like to do stuff more than, you know, the recommended dose. So straight away, when you get a pre-workout, what do you do? Two scoops, straight away. Sometimes, fuck it, three scoops, see what happens. And and maybe perhaps people out there need to realise that it's not always about that. You know, I think you said that there was a pre-workout that you could only handle, say, three quarters of a, of a scoop, which yeah. for a guy your size and height and muscularity, I thought, wow, that's... That's amazing, but it just—I guess—it shows you the the in, inner individuality of. Mm. Was that a caffeine tolerance for yourself? Yeah, so I don't like. I, I very rarely drink coffee. Um, like I'll have one coffee a day as a maximum. Right. Um, so, so the only real caffeine kick that I get is first thing of the morning from my coffee, and around about midday um, from my pre-workout. And after that point, I won't. Um, I, I like the taste of it. I just, I just never drink it. Um, I, I'm, I always drink water. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's back from my bodybuilding days. Remember, I, I bodybuilded when bodybuilding was so basic um, and everybody just drank water. Um, there wasn't these calorie-free drinks around. Um, so I just into the habit of drinking water all the time. Um, so as soon as I have like anything caffeine, if I have like a monster, I can feel it. If I have a coffee, I can feel it. Um, so my calorie tolerance, my, my calorie tolerance, tolerance is very low. Um, so I actually like I, I'm never somebody who would take two scoops of a pre-workout. Like I would always just take one. Um, and then maybe a little bit of pump. And I still do that with complete strength. I still do one scoop of pre and one scoop of pump. Because if I have any more than 250, 300 milligrams of caffeine, then it, it sends me the wrong way in terms of I don't really want to train, I get a headache, I feel sicky. Um, because caffeine is a, a vasodilator. Uh, uh, sorry, caffeine is a, a vasorestrictor. So it restricts the blood flow. So Caffeine closes up their blood vessels. So when you close up those blood vessels, potentially there, 
you're closing off some of the oxygen to your brain, which therefore can give you a headache. Um, so that's why too much caffeine is a bad thing. Um, so you have to work out your own tolerance there. Um, and as I said, if you're like a stim junkie, then things like 5150 um, by 5%, that, that has got, I think, very, very close to 500 milligrams of caffeine per scoop. Um, so so that, that would be a great product for you if you like those big, heavy stims and you just want to get off your tits like when you train. That would be a really, really good product. Um, I, th I think, and that's something, before I forget, someone out there is maybe thinking, hey, Rob, can I use the pump and like the, the non-stim-based pre-workout and the, the stim-based one together? And if so, would they get extra added benefit from doing that? Or would it be very similar ingredients, but just without the stimulant-based product? Because you obviously combine them. So what sort of advantages do you get from that? Just Is it just more pumps in general combined with the, a little bit of a buzz from the, the pre? Yeah, sure. You, you have to remember I'm, I'm 123 kilos. So it's, it's not... Like, it, it, like if I was maybe 90 kilos, even even like a female, um, one scoop would be more than adequate. Um, but because I'm not small, it takes a little bit more to fill me up. It takes a little bit more to get me going um, in terms of those pumps. But I've done one scoop of each um, and I've still had very, very good pumps and very, very good workouts. Um, uh, when I was trying products, so again, remember there's that trial phase that I said to you like six months. So yeah. we... For example, um, this is this is a common question that we get. So I did a cream of rice Biscoff trial taste yesterday, and uh, one of the boys put it on his story. And within ten minutes, it was like, right, when's that coming out? Da -da -da -da. People don't realise there's actually a production chain that goes with this. So we get sent a sample, we try that sample, we feedback. That company then needs to get in the ingredients, make the products up, get all the packaging, get all the labels, send them out. That that process might take ten weeks, twelve weeks. The health fade. I put an order in in November. It didn't come out till March um, because there, there's many, many different things that, that went wrong with it and that weren't right with it and the taste weren't good and stuff like that. Um, so, so to answer your question, yeah, you can you can mix between pump and pre. Like if you're somebody of a weekend who trains uh, early because you're not at work, then then go with the go with the pre, go with the caffeinated version because caffeine also has an effect on performance as well. Um, so it's proven that. A little bit of caffeine, a nice dose of caffeine can, caffeine can also help with performance as well. Um, but if you're somebody who works nine to five and you train after work, so you're training six, seven o'clock, I'd avoid having too much caffeine at that time at night. So then I would go in the pump. Um, but in terms of the like the performance benefits minus the caffeine, they're exactly the same because the products are actually exactly the same. And that's something that something that I've never quite understood with supplement companies is that they have a pump product where the panel, and the panel just means ingredients, where the panel is different to the pre, but one of the purposes of a pre is to get a great pump. <laughs> yeah. so why would you differ your ingredients? I don't I don't quite understand. Yeah, I, I, I totally hear you, my man. I can honestly say that anyone that trains early in the morning, I get up at quarter past four to train at five. The uh, the pre, I take two scoops. And I don't, I don't feel pretty buzzed from it. I just feel quite, like, calmly focused, but just, you you like... You know what you're doing. Like it's like right. This is this is this is what we're doing. Boom, 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 boom. It's not like I'm fucking wired off my tits. And I I take two scoops. And my justification is, well, I'm 120 kilos and it's fucking yeah. quarter past four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Now, I think one of the hot topics that's maybe sort of not so hot anymore would be BCAs, right? And a lot of people, you know, do we need them? Do we not need them? What I like about you guys is you don't sell B BCAs. You sell essential amino acids, EAAs. Now. Someone out there is thinking, they're scratching their heads, they're saying, but I heard this big guy 
you know, on Instagram telling me that I needed these BCAs to grow big biceps and whatnot, and I'm not too sure what these AAs are. Could they're a bit confused. So what I would say is that you guys not only sell these, but they're insanely cheap versus where you can get them elsewhere, right? Insanely cheap because I think elsewhere they're maybe seen as this premium BCAs, right? But could you just give the listeners an idea of, okay, well, what is EAs? Why are they good? Why are they better than BCAs? Um, and maybe, you know, how are you guys able to sell them so bloody cheap? It's great. So so you have to remember, we, we order 2,000 tubs at a time. Damn. So, so we're, we're, we're at a point in business now where we order such a big quantity that we there is something called economies of scale. And economies of scale just means the more you order, the cheaper you get it. Um, so, so we really benefit from economies of scale with that product because we know that product we actually use as an introduction to the brand. Um, so, so like, for example, if, if you go and buy a BMW, generally you'll find that BMW might start with a three series, then they start with a five series, then they've got a seven, and you know, they're going up in, in, in price and in, in quality. And, and we use that product, the EAA, as that introduction to the brand. So if you're unsure of anything like, oh, it's completely spent for any good, you're probably going to buy the lowest, the lowest price product, which is the EAA. Um, so people introduce them to the brand, and that product doesn't make us any money. It doesn't make us any money at all. It might make us 50p now, but it's, it's, it's minimal amounts. Um, but that, that is a product that introduces you to the brand for you to gain trust in the brand that we do do quality products. Um, and the reason that we use EAAs rather than BCAAs, so BCAAs is uh, three aminos, where um, uh, EAAs is nine. But within those nine aminos, you have your three BCAAs anyway, which are leucine, isoleucine, and valine. They are inside your EAA. Um, so you're in essence getting BCAAs, but inside a lot bigger, better picture. Um, and uh, like again, I'm always massively open and honest with, with people. If you're hitting your protein target, there is scientifically no reason for you to ever use a BCA or an EAA. So Science says, you know, which we all learn off. We all learn off science. You know, I know there's still these old school guys saying, "I don't care about science," um, but we're all learning off science. So that's how we progress, is because things change and we change. Um, so you have to take science into consideration. And if anybody asks me and says, "Do you absolutely need them?" I say, "No, you don't need them. You don't absolutely need them." But here is my. Um, I've been training since I'm 18, and I'm now 31. I'm now 13 years into the game. I know categorically when I've trained with EAAs in an intra and without, because my DOMs without are always a hell of a lot worse. And there is no science to say that is true. That is just years and years of training. And everyone who I speak to who uses an intra, whether it be an EAA, um, with a Batago maybe or a creatine, but they're using EAAs during the intro. Their DOMS and their recovery is always a lot better. Um, but as I said, I'm always completely open and honest with people. And people say, are they a necessity? I say, as long as you hit your protein target, no, they are not a necessity. But it come, comes with an asterisk is that, but I do feel the difference. And I really do mean that. I really do feel the difference. And I think they're a cheap and cheerful supplement depending where you buy them from, they're a cheap and cheerful supplement that will will help you um, and they will benefit you. So so for me, um, to, again, to answer the question, I, I do talk a lot, so I'll go with a quick summary, um, is that your BCAAs are three aminos, your EAAs are nine, but within those nine, you have those three BCAAs. And do you need them? No, you necessarily don't need them. 
but they may benefit you because they will help you recover, in my opinion, um, from a hard day of training. Yeah, and I think that the fact that the owner of the supplement company that we're speaking about is saying that you don't need them, again, it just reiterates the type of man that you are, Rob. Like, that shines through in everything that you do. So anyone out there, um, I 100% agree with you that Dom's way worse with his engine acids, but if there's any... Any geeky guys out there that are wanting to know about the sort of effect on the mTOR pathway from EAs and BCAs, send me a DM. I can send you the paper, um, if I've still got it actually, on why it's more effective for a muscle growth signal, effectively. But I, I will always say as bodybuilders, right, we want to net that extra 1% or 2%. That's what we're fucking striving for. We want 1% there, 1% there. And it gives us an extra 1%, and it's literally half the price of where you'll get it elsewhere. I, I, I'd go for it. Now... There was one one sort of main main one I wanted to ask you on a couple that, that a lot of my clients um, uh, and people on DMs were asking me about was the feedback that, that I've, we've got on CAM combined with the sleep aid is that people are like, it's amazing. It fucking knocks me out. I'm, I get the best sleep ever. It's quality. So what I would say is, would you suggest perhaps, it, and we know that the word CAM is often referring to that if someone's maybe perhaps stressing, with this sort of lockdown scenario going on, you mentioned about the, the females and the cycle and whatnot, you know, would you suggest, would you take those two products sort of together if someone's not sleeping well, they're stressed, or maybe should they start with one? Um, and, you know, what makes these products so effective? Sure. So, in my opinion, Calm is the best product that completes strength food. Um, it was a product that I took months and months and months to work with, get right, make sure it's got the full spec of ingredients in there. It was something that that um, I looked into heavily and I invested heavily in as well in terms of making sure that we spoke to the right people, got the right ingredients in. Um, and, and I wanted to make it a little bit different to everything else. Um, so it's an ashwagandha-based supplement and, and ashwagandha is one of them products that will help you. Um, when, when people ask me what ashwagandha does, I always explain it like it's a bit of a magic mushroom. Like if you ever had magic mushrooms and they mellowed you out and they made you feel nice and like almost like floating on a cloud that's what ashwagandha kind of does um because that's that's just the, the simple easy way of explaining it but then you've got things in there which also help mellow moods and lower cortisol levels so you've got things like lemon balm extract you've got things like curcumin which curcumin is, is an anti-inflammatory but it's also been um proven to, to lower cortisol and lower stress levels as well um You've also got things like Bacopa in there as well. Again, at clinical dosages. And, that, and I, that's the key. Like, a lot of products will claim, oh, we've got X, Y, Z in, but they, they've only got, like, fairy dust amounts in. Like, we went out and we made sure we had clinical dosages, everything in. Um, so I personally don't use a sleep aid uh, because I actually don't have any problem sleeping. Um, I use Calm every single day without foul. Um, just because... I'm a highly strong individual. Um, I'm always thinking. I'm always on the go. And I do need something of an evening to wind down. Um, and the calm works incredibly well for me. To, to answer your question, do you need both at the same time? Again, the answer is no. Um, what, what I would run with is I would always run with calm to start because uh, there'll be different reasons why you're not sleeping. Um, and, and, and even and again, even to my clients, we, we had a Zoom call last night and we talked about sleep hygiene. Um, if you don't know what sleep hygiene means, it's just like sort of the geeky way of saying how well you sleep, uh, but it's now got a, a title. So, um, so we, we look at sleep hygiene, and I say to all my pro all my clients, 
Don't use any supplements to start with. You do not need any supplements to start with by looking at your sleep. Making sure that you're coming off your computer, you're coming off your phone, you're coming off your TV an hour and a half before bed, you're warming up the room that you're going to sleep in or that you're in, um, and then also you're making sure that you sleep in a dark room. If all of that fouls, then look at a supplement. And the, and the first supplement I would take you to is Calm. That The reason I would take you to that is because it's a cortisol-based product which has that sort of, as I said, calming effect, obviously where the name comes from. And that will help mellow you out and send you hopefully on a good night's sleep. If that doesn't work, then I would maybe introduce a sleep aid because now sleep aid is going to not now look at your natural sleep pathways, whether that be serotonin or melatonin. So um, I would take calm to start with by lowering those cortisol levels, which hopefully then should send you up on a good night's sleep. If you're then struggling, I would then add in sleep aid. There are a lot of people who jump straight onto both who see incredible results. And that's absolutely fine also. But in terms of what, what I would do, like again, I only speak from my personal experience. I don't use sleep aid. Of course, I used it during the trial period of the product. Once I came out of the trial period, of the product, which for me was three months. So I took that product every single night for three months, tracked my sleep via my watch, made sure that it, I was getting better sleep and I was getting better sleep. Um, but then coming off of that product, my sleep pattern was really, really good, and I didn't need to use it again. And I actually haven't used it since we bought it out. Uh, but for Calm, I use it every single night, every single day, without foul. Um, so, again, my explanation of the product would be you don't need them both at the same time, but combined, they are, in my opinion, untouchable for, for a sleep for a sleep, so um, sleep aid. For, let's say, either product or both, would you say there's a... Is there an optimal time? If someone's thinking, right, I'm I'm in, I wanna I wanna take this calm, would you suggest there's a certain time of day? Is it gotta be the evening? Is would you say it's gotta be when the time of day you're mostly high strung? Obviously the sleep aid, they're gonna take that right before bed. But the calm, I would imagine for many, would be in the evening. Would you suggest the same or what do you think? Yeah, so there's a couple of times where your cortisol levels are highest. Um, so first thing in the morning around about seven o'clock. Um, even people who do shifts, actually, there's been studies showing that still 7 a.m. Um, is, is one of the times when your cortisol levels are super, super high. When you wake up, cortisol levels are high. And after you train, cortisol levels are high. So therefore, people would think, well, it's an anti-stress product. You should take it at that time of the day. Um, one, I don't take calm of a, uh, a night, uh, sorry, post-training because it's got curcumin in. Curcumin is, is an anti-inflammatory, and you want that inflammation effect after you train. So by taking calm after you train, directly after you train, could potentially, I'm not saying it will, but it could potentially pull away from your gains a little bit. And that's not what you want. Um, so I've tried calm many times of the day. I've tried it first thing in the morning. I've tried it last thing at night. Um, if I take calm first thing in the morning, it actually takes me a little bit of time to get into my work. Um, and it doesn't allow me to focus on what I've got to do because I have a very mellowed effect. I'm a very calm effect. I'm very, very almost like blasé. Um, but when I take it of an evening, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to become mellow. I want to become calm. I want to relax a little bit. Um, so for me, I take it around about 45 minutes before bed. Um, and what, what I was doing with the sleep aid is I was actually taking it alongside the calm. Um, and I, as I said, I run that for three months and my REAM sleep went through the roof. Everything was powerful. Like my sleep was really powerful. Um, and, and, and I, I've got all the patterns and stuff on, on my watch and I tracked all of it. Um, 
So ideally for me, I would always take it around about 45 minutes before bed. Um, I do have a couple of clients actually who have very, very, very stressful high-profile jobs who actually take two, two tablets of Calm in the morning and two tablets of Calm in the evening. Um, and that's slightly above the recommended dosage of three tablets. Um, but because you're breaking up those dosages, I, I wouldn't mind pushing an extra. It's, it wouldn't have any bad effects anyway, let's put it that way. And they have found that incredibly beneficial to break up the dosage, add in an extra capsule, and take two of a morning and two of an evening for people who have really, really high, very, very stressful jobs. Um, they found that worked very, very well as well. Yeah. And what I love as well is at the start, you kind of pretty much said again, you don't need these supplements to start off with. And again, it just shows you're putting your clients' needs first. You're not just trying to get money out of their pocket. You're actually caring about them. So I think that just shines through in everything that you do. Um, so I guess, I know you're a busy man. I won't take too much of your time. Um, but what I would ask from you, if possible, and for those of you that don't know, um, Rob has just got me on board as a sponsored athlete. Massively grateful and a massive opportunity um, for that. I'm absolutely buzzing for it. But I thought... If we could give the give it the beans listeners um a little bit of loyalty for them, would you perhaps be able to arrange a, a special code or something like that for maybe a seven day period if they they have to listen to this episode to get it and in doing so they'll buy complete strength products? Could you perhaps maybe come up with a code for them, Rob, or something like that? Of course I can. Um, so what I'll do is I'll if if you let me know the date that the podcast comes out, I'll put the code live that day. Um, and if you use the code PODCAST15, um, you'll get 15% off anything in the whole range. Um, and that actually beats any discount code out there. So um, all the athletes have their own discount codes and they're all at 10%. So if you use the code PODCAST15, you'll get 15% off and that will beat any code. So you'll, you'll be getting like the, like the new cream of rice, which has taken off incredibly well. Um, you know, we've sold over 130 tubs of cream of rice in uh, 36 hours um you'll get that for for oh, well it's 15 quid um so i think you'll, you'll end up getting like two kilos of cream of rice for 13 quid or probably a little bit less than that yeah. you, you'll be able to pull in a two kilo ice for maybe like 35 quid um so yeah so so yeah thank you ever so much for inviting me on the podcast and let me talk about complete strength and as i said we'll do a 15 percent discount code for for everybody for seven days that is amazing my man um so if anyone is listening please DM Rob and say thank you because this would have not happened um, or that offer would not, you know, you wouldn't have got that discount without his generosity. So Rob, for everything that you do for the industry, for myself, for the opportunity you've given me, but also the influence you've had on myself, my career to date so far, I thank you. Um, and for everyone listening um, as well, a massive thank you for coming to the podcast. I'm sure I speak for us both when I say that anyone out there, you know, whatever you're doing at the current moment in this lockdown, wherever you are, give it the beans.